and Groove Lounge. Welcome to the Needle and Groove Lounge, an unscripted podcast establishment serving sips and spins since 2020. Welcome to the final week of March Madness at the Needle and Groove Lounge. Each week in March, we featured a guest on the show. The guest chooses a genre, and then it's the fellas' job to pick a song that they feel best represents that genre. At the end, the guest has to choose a winner. So far, the brackets are as follows. We got Jeff with the week one hardcore punk win, Jesse with the week two hip hop win, and then J-Mac took last week with the jazz fusion win. Shout out to Justin. Again, shout out to Julian, Tone, and Case. You all were remarkable guests. We can't wait to get you back on the show. Check out those episodes to hear the fellas discuss punk, hip hop, and jazz fusion. In our final week, we have Justin's longtime pal, Kirk. Kirk is tuning in all the way from Australia. He chose Americana for this week's March Madness competition, and damn, did he come prepared. Kirk is a college professor, and he lives up to his title on this show with the deep knowledge of Americana music. We actually decided to give him an honorary PhD straight from the Needle and Groove Lounge University. We've also got an incredible special guest. That's right. Someone our longtime listeners sort of know. She's been lurking in the shadows of the lounge, or should I say the corners of the lounge, for quite some time. And she's ready to make a center stage appearance. Stay tuned to find out more. Well, thanks again for listening to the entire month of our March Madness competition. Next week, we're back to our regular format. And also, be sure to check out The Last Call that's out later this week. As always, support us by following on Instagram at Needle Groove Lounge. Share the pod with a music lover in your life. And give us a nice rating on your podcasting platform of choice. Thanks again. Enjoy the show. All right, folks. The lounge is open. It is wicked crowded in here tonight. I mean, unbelievably crowded. And we have two huge announcements. Huge. Um, the lounge has been popping up in cities and towns around America. But this is the first time that we're international, baby. We are in Australia. So one of our guests, yes, that's right. One of our guests is Kirk. What's going on, Kirk? How you doing, man? Hello. Nice to be here from Australia. Yes. Um, it's uh, it's 9.42 in the morning here, so... <laughs> It's different. Different time to drink beer. That's what I was going to say. And you're in the future for us, right? Like it's Thursday for you and we're we're on a Wednesday. So that messed with my mind. And I know our listeners want to know, the lounge always has a drink. So you don't have to share your drink yet, but it's 940 in the morning. Are you drinking a beer? The people want to know. I'm drinking a beer, yes. Um, yes. but there's a, there's a qualification. I'll, t- okay. I'll, yeah, I'll tell you about it in a second. Okay. Sure. okay. Awesome. Well, yeah, Kirk, we'll, we'll go into more about March Madness and why Kirk's here. And then, folks, we have another special guest who you know well, and she loves the lounge, and she hates the lounge. It's a contradictory love-hate relationship. (laughs) Katie's Corner, Katie McNamara. Let's hear it, people. Come on up to the stage. Hello. (laughs) Katie, what's going on? I'm happy to be here. I can make a case to not call it Katie's Corner. Well. It's immediately gonna... right into the nitty gritty of this right? episode. Jeez. Let's deal with it right now, up top. So, what would you call <laughs> Get to it? it? Katie's nest, um, Katie's little little birdie nest. What are you gonna call it, Katie? 
Because Katie's Corner is perfect. I, the, my problem with Katie's Corner is that my hometown has oh, a okay. craft mall called KK's Craft Mall. And the radio commercials for that were really um, obnoxious growing up. It was like, come on down to KK's Craft Mall. And <laughs> Love I it. can confirm. It was my hometown, too. And I used to have to go there with my grandma all the time. So. So for me, that confirms we keep Katie's Corner. Let's yeah, keep so it I, I, yes. I, what I heard was an argument for it <laughs> to be great. Katie's Craft Corner. Yes. I, that's what I understood. Rob, can you find that video? Uh, let's, let's play the song. Uh, every time Katie talks, we'll play the song. <laughs> oh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm diligent now yeah. right now. We're going to awesome. have it up at, we'll at explain, the break. We'll explain why we have two guests here tonight for our March Madness Week 3. But before we get into any of that... Um, Let's start. What are we drinking at the lounge? Uh, Katie, let's start with you. What do you've got in Katie's Corner over there? <laughs> I have an IPA, a new one called Hex by Upward Brewing Excellent. Company in um, Livingston Manor, the Catskills. Oh, cool. Yeah, you and guys a, local, a local artist did the uh, can work as well. Oh, nice. Okay. Beautiful. The can is beautiful. Love it. Cool. You guys have been supporting a lot of the brewers up there. It seems like there's a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah better close good cool uh kirk what do you got for uh, breakfast i mean for your beer yes <laughs> yeah, i've had a lot of coffee um if I, i'm invited to stick around for the last call i'm gonna drink a beer with alcohol in it but i uh since it's still before 10 a.m gotcha. um i have a near beer but it's it's a cool uh it's a cool thing i've never had this stuff before i bought it specifically for this purpose awesome. but um <laughs> There's a thing, just a bit of background in Australia, um, in kind of Australian food culture in general, and in beer culture more recently, there's a push for um, <clears throat> native ingredients to be used. Uh, bush tucker is what they call it, whether that's like plant-based or animal-based, like kangaroo would be bush tucker. They don't make beer with that. But um, this is a company called Soba, which is, Aust- uh, which is Australian Aboriginal owned and operated um, a craft near beer brewery and I'm drinking a pepperberry IPA. Um, pepperberry is a, a, a native plant to like the highlands of Australia, like in Tasmania. So it's a, it's, it awesome. tastes like what it sounds like. It's a berry that has a lot of pepper that comes in um, into the flavor. So they made an IPA less than 0.5% alcohol by volume. So that's there you go. That's <laughs> a good choice. Well done on theme for you over there. That's great. That's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Rob, what you got? So, uh, I went on, tried to get it as on theme as I could for our guest. Uh, and the, the, um, it's not an Oscar, Otherwise. spoiler alert. Uh, not, not, and it's not, not it's, it's not a Foster's either. So that's what we thought. But <laughs> the fine folks at Bizzle Brothers uh, oh. up in Portland, Maine, sent, uh, sent us down some beers the other day. Uh, and one of them was Give What You Have. It's their double IPA with all uh, New Zealand hops. So Motueka, Nelson, and Raku, Rakau, however you say it. So I was like, well, that's sort of close-ish. I know they're different <laughs> countries close. and whatnot, but like I didn't <laughs> have time to go find an, like a top with Australian Galaxy or Australian. Yeah. All the Australians so will like, be pissed about that. but <laughs> I know they will be. I was just was saying it. I was like, well, I, you know. We only have nah, 3% Australian listeners, and I think you're that. Yeah. Just to be clear. Just yeah. to be clear, New Zealand uh, does craft beer way better than Australia. Australia is oh, still really? like way behind. Hmm. New Zealand grows way more interesting hops, but they also have way more interesting craft breweries. So no shame, man. It's it's good yeah. stuff down there. Because yeah. they have such yeah good hops there. I mean, 
It's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, so that's yeah, what I'm drinking. Pistol Brothers. We'll give it to you. Give, we'll give, give we'll what give you an have. Thing. Double IPA. It's good. We'll call it on thing. Well done. Well done. Uh, Bones, what you got? Uh, I am drinking a local brew uh, from uh, Yardley PA called Vault Vault oh, Brewing. Cool. This is um, yeah. a double uh, New England IPA called Dead Cat Bounce. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, Vault. Yeah. Where'd you say? Sorry, where'd you say they're out of? Uh, Yardley. Yardley. Yeah. Okay, that's not too far from where you are up there, right? Or is it? Oh, Bethlehem? it's. Yeah, it's it's down like I want to say near okay. the Newtown area. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, cool, on cool, the cool. Jersey border. Yeah. Awesome. I will close this out. I went. Um, I didn't go, son. You're not closing oh my God. this out. The McNamara's. You guys Jesus. are all the same. Sorry, you got to go. You got to go. There's too many McNamara's in my window right now on my screen. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna introduce my beer, and then I'm gonna explain my affiliation with the two people as well because it's kind of weird sitting but not talking about it. Um, so I went with. Um, another Catskill Brewery, actual Catskill Brewery. And I went, and, it, and it's going to be on brand, let me explain. But it's a devil's path. And so I was thinking a lot about like Americana. And I don't think anything gets more Americana than the blues folklore of Robert Johnson selling a soul Ooh. to the devil to be able to play um, yeah. the guitar. So I went Good with one. the devil's path IPA. Good Hold one. on, that's yeah. my mic. Katie's trying to take my mic. What's going it's on? Dangerous, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, lounge, someone's getting kicked out tonight from this lounge. Yeah, so our, for our listeners, Katie and I are married. We're sharing a mic, so it might get it might get tense here in a minute. Um, and then Kirk and I were roommates in grad school. And then he um, also later lived in uh, a small somewhat apartment i don't know if you could call it that under our apartment in um in brooklyn for a little bit so yeah. the way you describe it, it sounds like he lived like under the staircase like, it, like that's kind of what it was. it was it was <laughs> yeah it was very much a parasite parasite situation where yes. i sneak up into their kitchen right yeah he did have to share a kitchen um right, he's scurrying around at night it's like is that a mouse would, or is that kirk <laughs> i would just say that Justin's Devil's Path is just on theme with Americana because one of the main themes in Americana are things like the devil, also cars, trucks, trains, and Jesus. <laughs> That's right. There we go. That's well on. And I'm sensing some collusion happening, but I'll get to that later. Um, I'll leave that off the show. We haven't talked uh, about for, for yeah, we didn't discuss anything. We refused to I share know. our songs with each other. Nothing. We'll get yeah, we'll cover all that. I got I got yeah. some bones to pick, but it's okay. I'll wait till we get in there. And I'll, I will now officially close this out. So there's a this record store near me in Westchester, PA that opened two weeks before the pandemic, and they were called Hop Fidelity. Um, and so they're a record store that was going to do beer, kind of similar to Beer Wax, like we talked about, but the flip. They're primarily a record store, but they were going to have a couple beers on tap and give out some beer and people could hang out, which is super cool. They obviously couldn't do that, um, but they were able to maintain it and stay open, uh, which is crazy considering they opened only two weeks before the pandemic shut down. But people buying records, keeping them open, uh, they, get, they did a one year anniversary where you could go and again socially distance and they were giving out beers which is cool too like trying to like keep the going so they gave out a local beer called east branch brewing company it's a baltic porter we haven't done baltic porters in a while yes so that, be yes basilia um but yeah i figured shout out to uh, hop fidelity uh, any pa listeners should check out hop fidelity the record store um they're gonna have some beers on tap once uh, we're allowed to do that so um cool all right all there we go that that closes us out with what we're drinking for this round, but uh, let's dive into it. So we are in March Madness week three um, for folks who've been following along. Week one was our American hardcore uh, punk episode. Shout out to Julian. Um, take a listen to that episode. Week two was our 
DJ Tone, New England legend uh, with hip hop. Um, and then week three is our good buddy uh, Case, uh, J-Bone's J good buddy Case out in Denver. Uh, he led us on a journey of jazz fusion. So we've had a lot of fun with that. Um, follow us on Instagram to see some other music-related content to those, uh, those genres. But uh, this week we've got Americana. Um, and Americana was chosen by uh, our friend Kirk. So in a minute, I'm going to pass it to you, Kirk. And again, you can tell us what resonates with you with Americana. Where's your thoughts at? Um, and then Katie also, our, uh, Katie's Corner is going to dive in and also help us judge uh, Americana this week. So this is the first week we're having double guests and, and glad to have it. Um, but Kirk, before you go, I got a bone to pick with Justin. So last week in our off episode, um, he's like, oh yeah, me, me and Kirk were talking a little bit and he's excited and doing all this research. And he sent me this article about Americana. We're like, oh, cool, man. Yeah. Why don't you send it to us? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. We never got it. So, um, <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. I'm just saying like, we never got the article. You never sent it to us, but we don't need it. I don't need it. Um, so again, this concludes. I'll give you the highlights. Yeah, exactly. No. But Kirk, go ahead. <laughs> Take us away. Americana. Tell us about why you cho chose it. Yeah. Cool, man. Thanks again for having me. And I will talk about that article a bit because <laughs> it deals with some of the genre issues uh, around this kind of weird, really vague um, mm. uh, genre to my mind anyway. But the reason why I chose it <clears throat> was because toward the end of last year, I started reading um, this uh, biography of Guy Clark. It's called Without Getting yes. Killed or Caught oh, wow. by, I don't know if it's Tamara or Tamara, Tamara Saviano, The Life and Music of Guy Clark. If you like Guy Clark or or don't like him, it's, it's pretty good. If you like Towns Van Zandt, it's really good too because they were, they were close yeah. buddies. But um, anyway, the, so as part of this uh, kind of intro, I was gonna give a bit of background about the commercial um, advent of the, of the genre format of Americana. And then I'll say something about that Rolling Stone piece and then I'll give some criteria for the, for the genre in my head that I've tried to develop lately. But um, <clears throat> the commercial background is interesting and, and what I know of it is comes straight out of this guy Clark biography. So uh, I haven't done any additional research really. But basically what happened in the early 90s um, is that uh, there were a bunch of kind of um, uh, what they described as progressive or left of center country artists hmm. who were not getting radio play um, and were not getting um, uh, enough attention to make their um, kind of record sales viable and stuff like that. So this is kind of Nashville adjacent music generally in this particular context. People like Guy Clark, Emmylou Harris, um, Towns Van Zant, but also people like uh, Waylon and Willie had stopped getting radio play <clears throat> um, to the extent that they used to. Johnny Cash was dropped from his label famously mm -hmm. in the early 90s and that's covered in that Ken Burns documentary on country music if you've seen that. But um, Long story short, a bunch of radio execs and kind of producers decided to get together and try to solve this problem. And so I can't remember the particular guy's name, but he came up with this uh, essentially this new format and he called it Americana. And it was to try to get radio play for kind of um, Texas country, but also uh, what eventually becomes maybe known as alt country. It's all quite, there's, there's a bunch of different branches you go with it, but it's effectively Nashville oriented um, folk and country music that isn't trying to make hits. And some of the reasons that they want to do this also is because they see that, well, what also happens in Nashville country music is it becomes a hit making industry mm. more than any other. And it's still like that. There was actually an article in Paste a couple of days ago about this, I think it was Paste, about how 
Nashville just wants to put out hits. That's all they ever wanted to do singles. And so they have this kind of machine that creates these, these singles as everybody probably knows. Um, but in the early nineties, that was just getting going. And so singer songwriters and folk and country musicians who are trying to do kind of whole albums who are really doing their own thing rather than trying to be products of this kind of hit producing machine, they, um, they were getting the short end of the stick. <clears throat> So that's kind of what happened. And then some, some labels popped up around it. Uh, Bloodshot Records, which is still around. Sugar Hill, uh, not the Sugar Hill that produces <laughs> hip hop records. There's another Sugar Hill out of, I think, North Carolina that was uh, producing some of these guys. Asylum, the branch that of one of the oh, Geffen yeah. labels that does start producing hip hop labels for uh, eventually. In the 90s, they were doing like indie country um, and uh, folk records. And so like John Prine had some records on Asylum. Um, Okay, so that's kind of how the commercial yeah. thing arose, right? So this is really a genre that was invented in a way that most genres aren't. I mean, there's all, always some artificiality about a genre, I think. But in this case, it was really just created for this particular purpose to try to solve a problem for, for artists like Guy Clark and these guys who um, didn't get radio play. <clears throat> so I, what that means to me is that, first of all, it's a bit of a later genre, but on the other hand, Guy Clark had been making music since the late 60s, right. um, Emilio Harris as well, of course, and people like that, uh, Towns Van Zandt. So, you know, it's, it's, it's roots music in some sense. It's yep. maybe related to country music in a pretty explicit way, at least how the genre became a formal thing. Um, but uh, fast forward to this article in the Rolling Stone by Jonathan Bernstein in 2017, this is about how Americana as a genre was having an identity crisis as a genre. And so what happened in the 90s is they created a, an American Americana Music Association awards thing, but they also created a chart. So it was actually a codified genre that had chart hits and that produced awards and still does actually to this day, the Americana Music Association exists. Um, and that's kind of where some of these debates circle about um, racial politics and, and identity politics and whether it's inclusive enough, right? So yes. Uh, this is what this article is about, <clears throat> about how it's mostly just white dudes until fairly recently. And they've tried to attempt to rectify that uh, to some extent, but some kind of nice lines come out of this article. Um, and it's, uh, you can find it easily online, of course, Jonathan Bernstein. Um, but I thought that some of these kind of nice lines indicate both how fraught it is as a category, but also uh, just their nice little um, zinger. So uh, Roseanne Cash says that, um, that Al Bernetta, who was John Prine's manager for a long time, he, he said that Americana is the only genre with more artists than fans, which is a kind of nice, I guess, a dig at the genre in a way. Um, but I think it's also just that a lot of these artists wouldn't really call themselves Americana artists. Right. They're country artists or they're doing blues or whatever, or they're just kind of folk country or something like that. And so you've got this category invented for the specific purpose, but nobody really uses that category outside mm -hmm. of that context. Um, and uh, Jason Isbell's called it genericana which I find specific, especially ironic because I find Jason Isbell's music to be particularly generic in this context, <laughs> but uh, um, I don't, I don't, I don't love his stuff. Um, but I, I don't, I don't dislike it, but it's not right. like he's like breaking any boundaries. You know what I mean? Uh, another good line was it's indie rock with pedal steel, which I, which I think is applies maybe to all country for sure. I don't know yeah. about 
Americana broadly. Um, but my favorite is that it's country music for Democrats. Um, I did see that. I think I read this article then. Yes. Good. <laughs> and of course, it's much more than that. But I did like that as a way of a kind of a way of thinking about this as a genre. But um, anyway, we can maybe talk about some of the representation issues in the in the thing as we go, and when we talk about some of the music that's played yeah. later. Okay. So that's just the background. I got into it from this biography. Of course, I've listened to. I mean, I was, I'm from Texas, so I've had country music my life my entire sure. life. But um, I really got into kind of alt country stuff in college, and so for the past. I don't know, I'm getting old now, 15 years, I guess, right. even yeah. more than that, maybe close to 20. I've been listening to this kind of um, <clears throat> music. So I just wanted to talk about this category and then think yeah. about what it what it means more broadly. So here, just can I say one more thing? Before yeah, please. Go before? ahead. Yes. All right. The last thing is that I in my head, I was just trying to wrestle with what might be meaningful as the genre category. And I was looking through the AMA, the America, Americana Music Association um, Lifetime Achievement Awards, and there's a whole range of stuff. So you've got Guy Clark, John Prine, Willie Nelson, Joan Baez, Lucinda Williams, kind of these really obvious people in the industry. But then more recently, you have people like Billy Bragg and Buddy Guy giving, getting Lifetime Achievement Awards, Flaco wow. Jimenez, the Tejano dude, um, Elvis Costello and Don Henley. So you're kind of getting closer into this yeah. sort of um, rock and roll stuff. Um, but I thought just to come up with a model of criteria that we could then test and talk about is a, is a nice way to start. And so I came up with about five or six criteria none of which I'm really, you know, I'm going to kind of defend to life or death, but just to start the conversation. So first criterion, um, I think Americana probably needs to be, to distinguish it from um, other roots genres that are independent, it needs to be a kind of hybrid of at least two American roots genres. So whether it's blues, bluegrass, folk, yep. um, soul, gospel, country, um, I think it's got to be a kind of a, a, bl a blurring of boundaries in, in terms of those specific roots genres. Second criterion, uh, I don't like this one a lot, but maybe it contains broader imagery of Americana in the kind mm -hmm. of aesthetic sense of, of the culture of America, whatever that means. Um, third, maybe at least a lot of it needs to be kind of lo-fi or acoustic or uh, not as produced. That doesn't mm. mean it can't be. I mean, all these guys play electric guitars at some right. point in their career, guys and gals, uh, and a lot of all of us really good at uh, um, rock stuff is electric, of course. But that's one criterion that we could talk about. Yeah. The fourth, which I think I do like, it needs to be fronted by somebody who's a singer songwriter. It's kind of lyrically driven primarily in the way that country and blues and gospel and these kinds of genres are, most roots genres are. Um, and that there's kind of a story there to be told, like the lyrics and the story of the songs are 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 more or less upfront, you know. Sure. In in most of the, in most cases, um, and then I thought I'd draw the line at about 1965 and going forward for a kind of timeline before we yeah. get back into the original stuff. So those are the five criteria. If it meets a couple of those, then I think you're in good Americana company. But um, anyway, that's all I got. So awesome. we can debate. Yeah, that's great. After that, so beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Kirk. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Um, Katie, um, you want to add on Americana, what it means to you and why you want, why you want it so bad to come on this episode and not the hundred other that we've had. Um. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, cool. Okay. Well, first of all, obviously you, you know that, you know, Justin and I are married. Kirk is a good mm -hmm. friend of ours. And uh, whenever Kirk, whenever I heard that Kirk chose Americana, I was like, that's the one genre that I feel <laughs> highly qualified to talk about um, and that I would have an interest in talking about, actually. And so, I mean, that's, there are others, but Americana is definitely one of the big ones for me. And Justin was like, well, come on. So, so that's why I'm here. Um, awesome. 
I mean, quick background. I sort of similar to Kirk in high school, I was listening to a lot of Texas country, which entailed everything as, you know, things that I don't listen to anymore, like Pat Green, Jason Belinden, the Stragglers, Hayes Carl. Hayes Carl's still great. Um, but um, and then in college, it kind of morphed more into alt country. It was like a lot of like drive by truckers, Lucero, and then kind of getting into mm. the more of the folk, like iron and wine on from, sure. on from there. Right. Like um, so that's kind of my short background and uh, why I'm so interested in this genre. And honestly, for the past few years, I can, I can honestly say that, um, and Justin probably backs me up on this, I almost exclusively listen to female folk singers whenever I choose what goes on at the house. At the turntable. If you, you know, Justin has a music podcast with yeah. you guys. So you can imagine, isn't that often? Isn't that often? Okay. Um, but if Justin yeah. walks into a room and I'm playing something, it's probably a female folk singer. <laughs> yes, cool. Um, and I'm actually really excited that Kirk brought up the uh, bit about um, representation because I do have some feedback on that and some yeah. different things that I can I can talk about there. So yeah, um, no, can't wait. That'll definitely be part of this conversation. Yeah, awesome. No, thank you all for sharing. I think and we'll all talk later. I think what you're highlighting for me is a couple of things like Americana is so broad. I feel like we've done broad genre. We've done hip hop, jazz fusion, hardcore, which are broad. Something about Americana feels even more broad to me. This was the one I, yeah. Right. Like, which is great. Like, I think I listened to this genre a lot as well, but I think again, Kirk, you said 1965 to the present. I think we could have a, we could do 1965 to 75 and find a million artists, 75 to 85, 85, nine, and all like mm -hmm. somewhat different that still fall under that umbrella of Americana. For sure. <clears throat> yeah. Awesome. Um, well, let's start. So we're going to keep with our tradition then of uh, Justin being having the home field advantage, um, literally home field advantage with his wife and uh, knowing Kirk the best. So we're going to let Justin start with his preamble and his song so that we can potentially sniff out any bias and make any game time decisions if we want to change our choices. <laughs> and then after that, we'll just determine who wants to go next in a uh, democratic fashion. So uh, Daddy J Bones, go ahead, take it away. What you got? All right. So um, here's where I'm going. So um, I usual parameters. I had to own it to play it um, to be a song selection to help narrow it down katie's face i'm sorry i have to narrow then... katie's face i think all night long we i can't, have, I can't we have katie's well, corner can't, and then justin's vinyl shelf oh, gee, i hadn't been seeing katie until now this is great <laughs> you gotta watch katie's i'm gonna um, narrate on that I have i'm to sorry experience i'm sorry this. i'm sorry and then um yeah i oh here's where i go with it i was I was thinking about there is like this industry definition that we we're talking about Americana. And then there's like a larger definition of Americana as like American music period. Like, what does that mean? Um, and so I was reading and you should check it out. If you're interested in this topic, um, we've talked about her before writes for the New Yorker, um, Amanda Petrucius. Yes. Um, and she had one of her books is it still moves lost songs lost highways and the search for the next american music um so i dug into that book this week and i think one of the things that i was particularly um, drawn to i'm going to read a quote from the epilogue here um she says the late justin tubb son of, son of the country legend ernest tubb defined americana as the music of the working man the farmer the trucker, the factory worker. And it got me thinking about 
there's this representation piece both around like white male dominated industry, but there's also what America Americana has become audience wise in a lot of ways have been like what you play in a Starbucks coffee shop, like singer songwriter type kind of thing. So I was mm-hmm. thinking about like, in a lot of ways, the working class roots of Americana. And so I was thinking about like, well, what, what, what does that look like? What does that scene look like? And so I'm literally thinking about, you know, you work in uh, a nine to five, 40 hours a week. What does your Friday look like when I was thinking about this and what music are you putting on? Um, and so the song I went with, and, and we've talked about um, this documentary some, and it, the I'm going with Steve Earle um awesome. as as my person and i'm okay. glad kirk didn't name him at the beginning he he talked all around him but didn't <laughs> name him. and i'm gonna sh- the video the song interesting I he's on the page he's on the page i said yeah. some <laughs> collusion no collusion actually kirk why <laughs> didn't you mention his name kirk? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's firmly in there he's firmly in there <laughs> oh interesting no, so, no, like, just like, at all. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> The other reason that I chose him, and so I'm not going to play the guitar. Is because thing. Jeff knocked him in one of the earlier episodes. Talk shit about Steve yeah. Earle said he just I made bad country bit. music. I was listening yeah. to that. Oh, oh, shit. oh wow! I'm losing. Receipts. I'm losing already. Kirk's Kirk oh, got the receipts. Jesus. So, but what two, about guitar sax? What about guitar sax? <laughs> bring it back to rock. Don't you bring me into this? <laughs> but to that end, I will say I, I I don't like his more recent album as much, but I think. His album, Guitar Town, is amazing. I'm not going to play a song from Guitar Town, but the reason I like it is I do think it paves the way it came out in 86. And I think if you listen to it in a lot of ways, it is the beginning of of what all country will become in the 90s, Um, this connection between country and and rock and roll. Um, But the track I'm going to play, because connecting back to this idea of like Americana being like working class in a lot of ways, music, um, and even if you go from like the blues aspect of Americana, that 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 theme still works. Um, Woody Guthrie, that theme still works. If you're talking about that type of folk music as Americana, sure. Um, and so I'm gonna play um, a track from the. Um, oh yes, I was gonna bring this up. It's the Heart Worn Highways. Yes, the Heart Worn Highways. Um, and the, the other reason I, I liked it, and the, the song is mercenary song. It's a lot of a one. It tells a story, which I think Americana music often tells a, a story. Um, and it's a it, it's in some ways about people without a country. And so if I think about sometimes working class, like this idea of like not connecting with the country at all, but like seeing yourself sometimes as a, as an outsider within your own country. Um, so I yeah. thought the song worked. And then we mentioned Guy Clark. This is that guy and Suzanne. Is that his wife's name? Suzanne, I believe. Su- Susanna. Susanna. <clears throat> this is out there at their house. Um, I think it's Thanksgiving. I remember the story if in um, or Thanksgiving Eve. But what they're doing to me is like what I think you would be doing on a Friday night. Like, and so um, <laughs> this is the song. And I see Guy Clark as kind of like the uh, yeah. the hype man for um, for Americana. Or like, <laughs> so also, I kind of love the beginning. For our listeners not being able to see, they are so stopping this. Uh, there's a lot of booze on the table and a lot of other stuff. 
uh, highly recommended documentary. You can't really find it anywhere. You got to find clips mostly on YouTube. It's on YouTube, though, right? Is the whole thing? Uh, you can find for a while, clips. The whole thing was on YouTube. Yeah, no, exactly. Maybe, maybe it's Not just anymore. patched out. You might be right. Oh, yeah, okay. it's taken off. Yeah. It's too bad. All right. So here we go. Steve Earle, Mercenary Song. Steve Earl, mercenary song. Also, I just, Kirk, I got to shout you out. You're the one that told us to do that. Say the song before and after the song. So shout out to you for giving us feedback on the pod. Um, but yeah, awesome. Just because I was jogging and I got lost. I was like, <laughs> what the hell are they talking about again? I need to. No, hey, we take all, all feedback. But cool. Yeah, awesome. Um, Steve Earl. Yeah. And what year was that again? That's 75 or something. Is that documentary? Mm-hmm. Right? Roughly, give or take. Yeah, I think. It's mid, mid to late 70s, right? somewhere in there. Yeah, that makes sense. That's outlaw country time, right? Yeah. And then I guess a lot of those a lot of those are just like singles that they're working on after I was doing some re- and playing kind of like, they haven't been released to an album yet. That's Mercenary Song. So those are just like the first kind of renditions that they're yeah. shop around. I just think it's hilarious. Guy Clark, the whole thing's like, y'all hear that verse? Y'all yeah. hear that verse? <laughs> <laughs> he's, pump, he's like the pump up guy on the side. Yeah, he's a godfather. He was... Yeah. Yeah, this biography, I learned a lot about it. But yeah, he would, everyone circled around him for decades just to anybody who wanted to do kind of songwriting stuff in, outside of Nashville mainstream. Um, and Steve Earle says he went to Houston to, to follow, to try to catch up with Towns Van Zant, And then once he did that, he went back to Nashville to, to hang out with Guy Clark and learn how to write songs. So he gives him yeah. a lot of credit. But. And I also feel like he, um, he was given a lot of his songs to other artists. Like uh, I'm a big fan of Jerry, uh, Jeff Walker. Um, and he he covers um well, why am i blanking on the big one of his big songs, la freeway la freeway, LA freeway. He, right and like you, you just you see guy clock's songwriting titles on a lot of those other guys tracks he wrote badass songs and then like lent them yeah. out to people which at that time you know what i mean if you think about the collaborative nature talk about like hit making and he's giving it to his friends yeah. i think is pretty cool yeah not only that but he and again i'll talk about this biography probably too many times i apologize but he wrote songs with his friends all the time. Yeah. And so he gave them songwriters credit, even if they would hardly contribute anything. So, awesome. you know, if they gave him a title or whatever and sat and drank whiskey with him while he wrote the rest of the song, he smoked a lot of pot or whatever, you know, yeah. um, he would give him, he would give him half credit. To, so all of his songs are, or not all of them, lots of them are co-written that's, by a lot awesome. of these guys like Jerry Jeff. But. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool pick, Justin. Yeah, that's great. And a um, huge shout out for that documentary too. find it. The whole thing is great, great, great. And the soundtrack is cool. So you can find the soundtrack more easily than you can find yeah, the documentary. Yeah. yeah. Can I say something real quick about, of uh, I've got a, I've got a, the Starbucks thing's funny because I asked my wife, Delina, shout out to Delina, who, what the criteria for Americana were. And she said it has to be played at Starbucks. That was her. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's her in her head. That's one of the things that happens in like contemporary Americana. Um, <laughs> it's not sold in front of the register. It right, does not exactly. Count. In the little jewel case. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's. We also got uh, we got the text message that if we play Mumford and Sons, you're just gonna exit the um, you're gonna exit the screen immediately. <laughs> Man, and that happened. Thing. That happened even before some news broke about the banjo oh, player being kind of like an alt right fascist dude. Did you see this stuff? In the I news? did see it. No, I didn't see that. No, that's, oh, I was no. gonna text you guys. Well, let's, actually, let's, let's let's break this news on this podcast. Just fuck that guy. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, it was all over like the banjo player for. Spill he basically tweeted out a he tweeted out a support for a book that somebody wrote against 
um, Antifa. And so, um, uh, and then obviously got a shitload of blowback for it, but I don't know the, all the details, but um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much all the details. Yes. Like he's, he's, he's supporting the alt-right <laughs> at the end of the day. And yeah. he's like a billionaire heir of like a, of like an aristocrat from England, you know, playing this kind of banjo music. And oh, then, that uh, I did it's not a, know. Yeah. It's a, it's yeah. about, <laughs> yeah. Oh there we uh, go. Uh, we have, uh, we have beef with also, and Sons. more than we already had, I think, unspoken. <laughs> update. He is a, uh, Taking some time away from the band ah, yeah, <laughs> to spend time surprise. with his family, uh, yes. probably in Cancun with Ted Cruz. Right, right exactly. He uh, got kicked out. Mumford spanking his sons. Yeah. Cool. I read the quote. You can check it out for yourself. Uh, it is not good. Yeah, he's not, not good. <laughs> not he's good not, at all. Not good. Not a mo- Yeah. Ooh. All right. There we go. Just, cool. It's just Mumford now. Mumford and it's Mumford. His son's got. Son Thanks. and son, just one. <laughs> naughty, naughty son. Um, all right, uh, cool. Let's do it with Steve Earle, mercenary, kicking it off for Americana. Rob, uh, J Bones, uh, you guys want any of you want to jump into the ring or uh, you want me to go? I mean, I'll jump in. I don't care. There he is. Go for it. Right. J Bones. I need one more beer for strength. I'll go next after that. I'll, I'll jump <laughs> oh, I'm next. closing out. I'll go, I'll go. I got a lot riding on this one, baby. I don't get a W yet. So oh, that's like, right. I'm fucking. That's true nervous that's true Robin needs this bones go ahead um so yeah since this was so broad i was trying to put some parameters on myself with where to go um i i decided i want to pick somebody that i've seen live because i feel like a, a lot of a lot of my music i mean my general tastes gravitate towards like the indie or like the folk type um which i feel like you know, Americana definitely is a hybrid of those. But I also just see Americana as such like a melting pot of so many genres. Like it just evolved out of country and bluegrass and some soul and rock and roll, like anything you could think of. It's almost like a, a jazz fusion <laughs> of country music. Just right. Country, country fusion. fusion. Yeah, like country it. fusion. Yeah, like there we go. Yeah. I like that way better than Americana. <laughs> sounds sounds horrible, I think. Could you, could, you just like, could you call it confusion? Ooh. <laughs> hey. Boom. 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 Very nice. Yeah. It's like it's like country fusion is like the white collar name. Americana is like the blue collar there name. Yeah. But um anyway, so I thought what better group to go with um for a like a, a fusion kind of melting pot um that it's almost like a super group of genres so i was like let me go with a super group Ooh. band here um so i went mm. with uh from the early 2000s monster monsters of folk yeah uh, super group of connor oberst and uh mike mogus of bright eyes obviously and then jim james and m ward uh, um so yeah. i'm going with them i big I, names i saw um this show it was m ward doing his solo stuff with um bright eyes uh headlining it was during their people's key tour and then dawes also played at the show too um so they had like three-fourths of monsters of folk they just didn't have jim james and everything okay 2011 when this uh show was and they put out that record in like 09 so everyone's anticipating them to play the songs and (laughs) it was a total letdown they didn't they didn't come together like Bright Eyes and M Ward to play any, but um, still, it was cool to see all of them do their independent stuff. But um, anyway, so yeah, I'm sharing. I'm sharing the song. Um, I found a live version. 
cool. it, which I thought was cool. Um, yeah. But of their song Baby Boomer. So, Let's do it. Monsters of Folk. Who was it that first said it? The one who said it there. You've got to never be your neighbor, at least the ones who are still there. we got to stand a little closer to whatever it is we've learned. Is it just a premonition? Could we really get ourselves both burned? I've been sent here on a mission to find what we agree upon. No, we don't agree about September. Could we agree on Vietnam? Awesome, sweet bones, monsters of folk, baby boomers is the track, right? M. Ward, yeah. Jim James, good Connor. stuff. I didn't yeah. even think about them in my in my you know, I haven't thought about them at all. I thought about um, about Jim James, but yeah, that's yeah. a that's a great track, great great oh, choice. I I Jim James's that. voice is just too good. Man. Oh yeah, <clears throat> seriously. You guys right, ever get a chance track. to see see uh, my morning jacket live? If you had to have a chance to see, I got to see him once in Philly. It was great. It was probably 2000. Do we, were you with me, Jesse, well, for the show? I don't think the one that you're talking about. We saw him at uh, XPM Fest with, when he was touring with uh, Bob Dylan and I think Wilco. Oh, yeah, yeah. And was, it was so. <laughs> it was pouring rain. <laughs> like we were in like this outdoor venue too. It was. I think was, they actually called that the Americana Fest. It was Bob Dylan, <laughs> Jim James. Seriously. <laughs> I, I think I have the poster. You bought a poster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I have a poster. But yeah, I saw um, them at, a, at the TLA, yeah. a small venue in Philly, um, probably 2006, maybe. The My Morning Jacket. And they were great. And they were really good. Yeah. And also, let's had, talk about, too, go ahead, Katie. Go ahead. I had a weird think this morning about where I was thinking about all of this and I popped into my head and I'm like, is Bright Eyes Americana music? You know, because yeah. I normally would never think that, but because mm-hmm. of some of this, I'm like, you know, it's the, that bleeding of genres thing that we keep talking about. Well, it's um, funny you say that. And it's just kind yeah. of like... Yeah. Kind I would of say like, maybe like early Bright Eyes isn't, but I would say no. like solo Connor gets country. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Solo it's that Connor Ober sure. stuff and a lot of like... Collabs. Uh, what was Saddle Creek stuff mm-hmm. sort of started thing. left of center, like mm-hmm. emo folk, like whatever. Post Americana. And then, and then like went <laughs> towards the like, Americana. You know what I mean? Like he came in through emo and then like backed out where a lot of people go into a lot of other stuff. I think yeah. Connor Oberst went in like a full on Americana. What was that? Bent. It was like it was the EP that then made it a full album. Uh, the Break oh, Ran. What's the. the Oh, yeah, I have all those. You know what I'm yeah, talking about, Kurt? Kurt? Yeah. No, but you're looping. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, he, yeah, those albums are great. I mean, he, when, we, his solo stuff just called Connor Obor, Oberst is, is, I would, is, I would is say, Americana. definitively Americana, yeah. Country, um, all country, totally. again, yeah, what you want to say. Yeah, and I think to, yeah. to, to your point, Rob, from him going from like early 2000s emo, he's got the swoop haircut still in that video there, but it was much <laughs> more pronounced. In, I mean, you know, he still does out. now, too. That's just kind of like how he right. looks. And let's talk yeah. about, he, he's also, a, we talk about Guy Clark raising up and lifting up artists. Uh, he's lifting oh up Phoe- Phoebe Bridgers. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he plays with her on that uh, Better Community, Community Oblivion Center record, which is awesome. It's him and her. They're incredible on that. Um, and he's like mm-hmm. a big name for her. I mean, the amount of definitely fits the uh, country music for Democrats. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And can we <laughs> right. talk about someone we didn't while we're talking about this? And this may be a little bit of a, and it didn't come up in the preamble, maybe mentioning it, but uh, and no one has picked it yet. And I, I'm kind of hoping we don't for a reason of like we talked about, um, you know, 
He's canceled. I don't know if you're thinking about it. You know who I'm about to say? Say, say who I'm about Ready? One, two, three. Ryan Adams. Ryan Adams, yeah. yeah. I was I, you, you just took my mic. Sorry. Yeah. I'll add that. Because uh, like. No, he's not canceled. Yeah. We're just holding him accountable. I have good, good point. Good, yes. good point. Yeah. Well done. I almost, yeah, because I almost went whiskey town, but I couldn't but you, do it. Yeah, and he um, should be held accountable. But yeah, anyways. Um, Casadega. Yeah, Jacksonville City Nights, though. I mean, a lot of those records are. Oh, Jackson, of course, Ryan Adams' Americana. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that's, that song, Dear John, I think still is one of the most beautiful songs. I mm. think it's a great song. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bright Eyes, the album was Casadega. Yeah, oh, that one's yeah, very much. Nice. I would say like country, the later. Country turn. Mm-hmm. That's his yeah, transition. The later album. Bright Eyes stuff. Yeah, like. Yeah. yeah. That's his that album is so good. That is album's great. Yeah. I mean, also, I all of his albums uh, are good. I loved the, uh, I was obsessed with Transfigurations of Vincent. Is that the one that, is that yeah. Vincent? And more. Yeah. yeah. That album is by him is fantastic. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Cool. All right. So is he uh, still making good music? I, I, or does it just, I haven't listened to Bright Eyes in several years, but. Bright Eyes, they've got a little, he, he's kind of reverted back to some of the rock and stuff. Like uh, the last couple mm-hmm. albums are a little bit heavier. Yeah, he did some Disparcio stuff. That's kind of like the last time I checked in with him when like he brought that band back. Yeah, but he, he put on them, album last year. That was year. like 2012. Yeah, Disparcio. So I love yeah. that album. So I was obsessed good. with that album back in the day too. But no, cool. Bright Eyes came up with something last year. Yeah, yeah I think I heard it and then it sounded like early Bright Eyes and I was like, yes. I just, I'm too old for this. Yeah. I, can't, yeah, I, li- I, like I can't go his, all the way back. <laughs> yeah, I like <laughs> this as more of like his kind of alt country stuff. But yeah, cool. Launches I mean, of Folk, Baby Can Bowman. I just say one thing about Bright Eyes? Because I yes, always sir. love it. I think it's one of the best album covers of all time. The Fevers and Mirrors album cover with the oh. reflective mirror oh, yeah, on the front. Mm-hmm. I think that's genius. Like that, that was, CD. Yeah. that might be one of my favorite album covers of all time. It's just like, so before good. I forget Unique. I also just want to say quickly that Steve Earle's last album is good. Like it's called uh, "The Ghosts of West Virginia" from 2020. So yeah, he we'll didn't make. About that I didn't. Here. I didn't listen to a lot of his shit for a long time either. But that one's really, really solid. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Because <laughs> well, right. Justin said he hadn't made any good music. <laughs> okay. No. No. Yeah. I. We, we make bold claims at the lounge that we usually can't back up. <laughs> I mean, that, that's 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 the uh, the air of the lounge. Right. Exactly. Listen, I don't care if you like Steve Earle or not, but <laughs> you just you just said it was bad country, but it's not bad country. Like bad country is Toby Keith. Steve Earle, it might be bad. It might be bad, like alt country or something. But you know, bad, it's, uh, it's bad Americana. <laughs> bad Americana. <laughs> there we go. No, no, I get down. I get down with some Steve. Um, I think I was saying that in context. Jesse also made us pound our drink because we were paying tribute to someone who had just fallen. So I was just trying to give Jesse crap for, for pandering for sips, <laughs> not for pounds. But anyway, all right, right, let's keep it moving. Cool. So, uh, Rob, did you want to go next? You ready to jump in? Or do you want me to go? No. He's, he's changing up. I think he's making... No, 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 I'm good. I'm, 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 I'm sticking with what I came in with. I oh, no, no, I'm no sticking too. Like, I, Nothing I, has I've changed, ha- my mind. I've ha- so... Uh, for the listeners who've been following along all month, I, I don't get a W yet. I was close. A lot of got hit by some buzzer beaters. I think week one I got hit by a buzzer beater in hardcore. No offense. No offense. My boy doesn't even have the tattoo. Never even got it. I got one. He throws it up on me. That's fine. We won't talk about that in this podcast. Hey, it's all good. I think I had some quality picks in the other weeks. I just got beat. All right. You know, I didn't pander to my boy. Well, one, now you're, now you're just giving us a sob story. You're trying to get Kirk. I'm not, I'm not giving a sob story. Oh, I don't have a to, win, Kirk. I'm just, I'm not, I'm just trying to <laughs> I'm gonna, explain. I'm going to take my headphones off just so I don't, I'm not swayed I'm by the, the emotional appeals here. Exactly. Kirk's, the only, is, Kirk's the only one that's listening. So it's, it's, he, he's already aware of my, my troubles. Exactly. Really <laughs> kind of um, so I'm going to start with my thesis of who I picked in the song. And then uh, I'm going to back into it uh, based on 
a criteria that I had for myself uh, and some criteria that Kirk and other people have addressed. So I chose uh, Bruce Springsteen from his Nebraska album, Atlantic City. Uh, interesting choice. Okay. Uh, I almost went Bruce. I, just, I, 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 think, I, thought, I, and, I told Delina last night that Justin was going to pick that song. I was like, I bet Justin picked the bus. <clears throat> I think, I think it. Wait, did you say Atlantic an, City? Yes. Oh, okay. The and, not the, album. and not the band's cover, because that is a very good cover. No, covers. not yeah. the band's cover, but that works okay. into my argument. We will get there. <laughs> okay, my bad, my bad, my bad. No, that's, that's cool. It's cool, because like, I think a lot of people probably got introduced, as I was, like, I don't know, 10 years ago, introduced to that song and that album, Nebraska, from the band's cover of that yeah. song, which is, um, I think, one of Bruce's best if not better albums, the man's released a sleeper album albums. too. Like for sure, a hundred percent sleeper album, 10 yeah. out of 10 on pitchfork, by the way. Um, yeah. One of his overlooked albums in the pantheon of all the awesomeness that is Bruce Springsteen, yeah. RIP free Bruce. I bought that but, shirt by the way. Free <laughs> Bruce. <laughs> I'm so glad. If, yeah. Wait, was uh, that a real shirt? Oh yeah. It was a real shirt, baby. It's coming. After it's, he got done for drink, drunk driving or what? Yeah, he, he, was, he was not. Drunk walking. Jeff, yeah. send, yeah, send, send the link. Send the link. Free Bruce. Yeah. Oh, okay. Free Bruce. Okay. Well, it's a great shirt. Great shirt. Free Bruce. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I picked Bruce Springsteen. And so I picked him for a number of reasons. So um, I picked him for, Kirk, I'm glad you kind of laid out your criteria because a lot of the criteria, and this is going to sound pandering, are kind of the <laughs> same what I was talking because I think it's Americana. It's like we're all talking about the same things. We're talking about like, yeah a broader imagery of America. Like I think Americana and folk and all of these genres we talked about roots genres are about storytelling and painting a picture of um, working class America and sort of these, the, those stories are like what are, what we think about when we think about Americana when we think about um, uh, the, the genre at large. And I think Bruce out of anybody, regardless of whether it is his more sort of Americana leaning um, Americana leaning albums like Nebraska, or he's more like you know your classics, your River, your all you know what I mean like Born in the USA, these sort of things. They're like the one thing people say about Bruce is like you know he's telling like the American working class story or whatever you want to glean yeah. from that, whatever that may be. Um, the so I'm just quick. I wrote your points down as we're going. So like this album too, like just comes off of basically a two year tour from the River. And he's like, yo, I'm burnt out. I'm going to rent a house on the coast of, uh, uh, on the coast of New Jersey, like in the Jersey shore, excuse me. Um, he asks his guitar tech, like, I don't want a band. I don't have to go in a studio. Can you just get me a tape recorder? And I'm going to write some songs. I'm just going to be there and like hang out. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of those songs and tapes end up being the songs that, um, so for those who don't know, Nebraska is uh, Bruce Springsteen sort of like, Americana folk record, whatever you would call it. And a lot of them are gleaned from like, they're, the E Street Band is not included on any of the songs. They were songs that were deemed too, they just weren't right for the band. Um, songs that came out of that session ended up on subsequent records uh, and whatnot. But uh, point number three, so we're talking about singer-songwriters, people telling stories, especially uh, on all of Bruce's records. And this one especially, like, they're all Bruce exploring storytelling from a third person perspective. Like um, it's not the name of the song, but it's the song that inspired the movie highway patrolman. Like he told the song so well on this record 
some guy was like, yo, I should write a movie about this three-minute song. Hmm. Um, he tells a song about, uh, I forget his first name, but Starkweather, the famous serial killer. And you have the song that I've chosen, Atlantic City, um, which is based on a lot of mob stories and all this sort of like New Jersey, whatever stuff coming out of that era of like casino, you know, uh, like Goodfellas, whatever type of stuff. Um, Obviously, like, you know, we talked about the connection to rock and roll, but another point that I think hasn't been addressed yet in terms of folk or, excuse me, Americana is very often these artists, there's the story behind the story. There's the story of of the songs and there's the story of like these artists, how the songs came about and how these songs proliferate and how these songs um, like like the the mysteries or the ethos behind how these songs became came to be written is almost part of the lore of how great these songs are right mm-hmm. we've, we've talked about addressed it a little bit with steve earl in that video being like oh he used to write these songs with these guys and he'd give them credits and all this stuff and i think more than uh this record in particular fits that where like he just has this tape recorder and he just writes he wrote i think eight out of the ten songs in this in one night just banged mm-hmm. them out on a tape recorder yeah. and they're so good the e street band is like no nah, dude like these are your songs we don't have to record them we're just going to go into a studio and a lot of the original recordings from the tapes make it onto the record because yeah. the performances were better just if, if anybody has any other stuff to interject feel free to make my point for me yeah, yeah, they, <laughs> they try they even try to record it yeah, they're just like it's not good enough. They were like the 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 reverb and all these things on the recording were just like so authentic and felt so real oh, that yeah. they were like, no, these are the things. The volumes are so like if the mastering artist was like, the story goes that they give it to the mastering artist. So for those who are unfamiliar with the Cornic process, the mastering artist just basically makes, for lack of a better word, the the whole record louder in a sense to like make it sound in a in a in a in a volume range that is accustomed to every other song so you can put on the radio and every song's basically the same volume there is some sound design in there but i'm just being i'm skipping over a lot of that and the mastering artist was essentially like i i can't do anything with this this is incredibly quiet like he recorded bedroom tapes to make a record and in yeah. the 80s like they were just tapes so they do some stuff anyway it comes out and they were like no these are the songs like you have to do this so um with all that in mind i was thinking about it and i was like how do i pick anybody but bruce like this is the record like and not to mention like i think this is one of the one of my favorite songs of all time and one of like the best bruce springsteen songs not to mention it is so good that it goes on to be covered by one of probably the best americana i'd call them like the prototype the the proto-americana band the band who is bruce uh, bob dylan's band is like yo this song is so good that we're going to cover a bruce springsteen song yeah and then it goes on to be covered by johnny cash um and it's a smaller justin towns earl does a really good cover a late a late americana oh i didn't know that yeah i didn't know he does a cover uh, that statue yeah it's good that brings up i recorded it but there's a video Um, and that brings up a smaller point that i didn't want to lean on too heavy because i'm not as confident in it but i think another thing about americana is these songs get passed on yeah. Like you see people covering covers of covers. Yeah. And you see people, these songs become like in the in a jazz sense, like standards. You know what I mean? Like you see like Steve Irwin covers a lot of like Americana be or these songs that are passed on from generation to generation and start one place and then evolve and become other things. And I think 
this song was only written in 1982, but like you see it covered by the band. Yeah, like you just said, covered by, uh, you know, like any number of people, like Johnny Cash, all these folks pick up on the song and the message and the vibe of the song. And it's is sort of become or has the potential to become like, you know, one of these sort of like Americana standards where it's like if you're going to be an Americana band, like Kinda I'm sure most bands... Unfortunately, someone like Mumford and Sons has probably played in Romantic City Live. You know, whatever. I just want you to know, Rob, that even if you don't win, I pulled out Nebraska like a week ago, and it's been it was sitting on the shelf because you know as part of my process to try to listen to these things, and I hadn't got around to it till last night, and I finally put it on again, and then um, and yeah, Atlantic City jumped out. I wrote it down on my list as, as so a possible good. song. So you're, you're, it's you're in the a, wheelhouse. Uh, it's a great. Uh, <laughs> you're, yeah, yeah, exactly. I just well, think yeah. it's like. That, that reverb, when, so, when he like screams Atlantic City in the background, like, like to your point, Rob, like the production, it's so good. Like it's like, oh, it's amazing. It's so good. Yeah. No, it's, and it's so good. It's, that was the, so I'll play the song in one second because I've gone off for far, far too long. Um, but like I zeroed out on Nebraska because I was like, one, I love Bruce Springsteen. Like he is the covers. The cover is awesome always. too. The, I love the cover. And, like, and yeah, like the band cover is great. And the, like, and no, then the, I was like the album cover. I mean, just oh the general, album cover. Like oh, excuse like, me, the like cover. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the video I'm about to play is actually I don't know. If there's a music video for it. It's oh. wild. It's so good. Um, and then I was thinking about the songs, and there's songs that are like maybe bigger, or become better, or become more well known or more respected as like you know the song from Nebraska. But I was like, it's got to be Atlantic City, um, because the song's just great and the story's really it's awesome. Bigger though, is there a bigger song from that record? I, I mean, mean this is like a he plays it every every concert still I think but maybe yeah, what true. else yeah maybe you're right well there's just the one that became I why I should have written this down I have a plethora of notes it's the only thing I didn't write the one that became the Highway Patrolman movie with like is it like the Johnny ninety nine one yeah that's the, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and there's ones that there's been some ones that have other uh, famously been used in movies and stuff like that. But I would say, yeah. yeah, probably like Atlantic City is one of the bigger ones. But I was looking for like, like a more like culturally bigger one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I suppose Highway Patrol is my... the name of a song. Um, okay. Johnny 99 is the one before it, of course. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, cool. All right. Yeah, awesome. So I'm going to shut up before I uh, dig myself out of the, the, the hole I didn't dig myself into. Uh, and here, I mean, let's listen to the. Let's do it. Watch Bruce the video. I've never seen the video. No. Talk about the, uh, the chicken man. Yeah, in Philly. And there's a, a Philly references, I know. Chicken Man in Philly last night. Blew up his house too. Last night. They blew up his house too. Skin of his teeth. Everything dies, baby. That's a fact. Maybe everything that dies someday comes back. Put your makeup on. Fix your hair pretty. And meet me tonight in Atlantic City. Can we just talk about for one second that picture of Bruce in that sweet leather jacket right okay. at the end? Like that man is cover. that that's man is almost se- the man is almost seventy years old. I, I wish that's I a cover of one of his new albums, Western Skies or whatever it's called. Yeah. Western songs, yeah. Um, he just I think got that was out the last. You, you asked what the last show was that people saw on the Instagram thing. I think the last time, last thing I saw was him. That was almost two years ago in Perth. Really? He comes out here like every couple of oh, years and wow. plays you know, the arena, and it was awesome. Oh, that must have been great. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, Justin wants to talk about punk rock. I listened to that that uh, that broken record pod with him as well. 
And he talks about how it was interpreted as a kind of proto-punk album where people thought about it as a punk rock record when it came out, like mm. associated with it, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I think it's J-Mac, what do you got? Yeah, go I'm ahead. sorry. You said it. That was it. But you should listen to Everyone should listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, Bruce is on everybody's podcast but ours. So show us some love, Bruce. Yeah, you know, right, we bought your shirt. To Bruce. Free Bruce. Like, yeah. Free Bruce. Come, come through. We, we got you free, Bruce. Um, yeah, what have you have us on Obama done that you guys haven't done, you know? Exactly. I agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Um, Thanks, what Obama. I, what I love about that album, too, is I think Bruce at his core is a storyteller, right? And I think oftentimes the stories still shine through, but they're masked by like these like bravado saxophones and like the stories just come through all 12 tracks or whatever's on that album. It's just pure storytelling. And the songs are beautiful and the melodies are beautiful too, but you can really resonate with this, with the lyrics more, I think potentially than some of the other albums, which are still very lyrical and, and powerful. So yeah, I, th- I think very right. often like the spectacle of Bruce like overtakes going, you know. the storytelling of Bruce. It's still and amazing. Like sliding across the stage on his knees or like, you know, right. like the, the E street band and that like sort of yeah. like overtakes, but um, I think it's. I think it was like I almost it's such a genius move. Like after the river, like a huge double oh, record yeah. to be like, nope, no one comes back. It's just right. me and an acoustic guitar yeah. and a oh, tape player. And then he comes Bruce. out with Born in the USA after that. So he was like, cool. You thought wild. you missed it. Now it's back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now my booty's back on the cover, baby. And um, also Reagan, double double little <laughs> yeah. fingers to you, buddy. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. All right, Rob. There we go. Uh, the boss himself. Also, another shout out. The Jersey Shore is cool. It got a bad rap in the early 2000s with that stupid show, but they're a beautiful. Come, come to Ocean City, New Jersey. I get a, we get a Visit house there in the summer. I know you and your wife enjoy Ocean City. I've never been. I have been to Atlantic City, and I do not care to go back. I don't love Atlantic City. I would like to Asbury Park. No, come, come down to the, oh. the, the shore is a beautiful place. Like, you, Justin, you put in the chat, like, good shots of the boardwalk. The boardwalk is cool. Like, there's just a vibe there that's great. I would, I, I would personally like to show you around the shore to debunk any, you know, uh, gym, laundry, tan, whatever that thing was back in the early 2000s. You can skip Atlantic City, though. I'm just... Oh, yeah. I, w- yeah. I will say this. I, I used to... Atlantic City, when I played in a band, was like a great uh, yeah. place to tour. I, fl- I, I, went, I went playing with you Atlantic there. City. Yeah. It was... Uh, it would... For those who've ever seen Back to the Future, like it's seen Back to the Future 2, where like Biff's future becomes a thing. That is Atlantic City. Yeah. That is very yeah, real. Is. Like I was like, this is what Biff's future actually is. Yeah. And I played at this place called the Boneyard. It was right at the foot of Trump's Taj Mahal, Ooh. and it was the most surreal thing I've ever seen. Yeah. The kitchenette that they show right at the end. There's a sign with the parking in the kitchenette. Yeah. Uh, that is right across from Trump's old Taj Mahal. I, Crazy. Like eating at that kitchenette. Oof. Yeah, I think I picked you up at a show there once way back. Something like you were like, yep. yeah, way back. Yeah, cool. All right, Rob, there we go. Awesome. Um, I will go. close this out. Yeah, thanks. That was sweet. Um, I'm going to close this out. So I'm going to keep with the choice I went to. Um, I put one parameter on myself uh, for Americana, um, and that was that it could not be, it would not be a white male. And I think that hits the Kirk, what you said about representation. I said, I'm not doing it. I think that's a stereotype of the genre, so I'm not going to do it. And then also each week I've been trying to go a little bit off the cuff, like try something unique. I'm not going to do that. I'm going with like a standard because I think this is like a powerful one and should be talked about always. Because um, partly because her, so given away, it's, it's going to be a white female. Her, her story is, is, is like a true Americana story of like an unsung hero that finally gets sung at a certain point. 
um, in the 90s. Um, and that's Lucinda Williams. So you did mention her in the preamble, but I'm sticking with that. I think Lucinda Williams is a goddess in so many ways. And her 1995-98 album, Car Wheels on a Gravel Road, is a genius album. And I think is a perfect like icing on the cake for Americana is a, an incredible album. There's songs that are about Blaze Foley on there, uh, songs about her childhood. She references Loretta Lynn. She ref- Emmylou Harris sings on a song, Greenville. It's produced by Steve Earle. Um, like it's, it's got the whole shebang. Um, the name of the album, Car Wheels on a Gravel Road, sounds Americana. Like it just literally, <laughs> yeah, I can that's feel right, that, for right? Sure. Also, I think her story like, in the 80s and 90s she was written off like she put out some stuff and nobody listened to it um and part of the reason was i think because she wasn't what we they didn't call americana she went to nashville and they're like nah you're too rock get out of here she went to la rock scene and like nah you're too country i mean that that's americana right there it's like you're not you're not enough of one genre you're you're something you're something new and a couple of her recent albums have been great. And even newer artists, uh, Waxahachie's new album that is very much Americana, she references Lucinda Williams and says, like, they're, they're my, she's my idol. So I think like that idea of legacy and current contemporary artists is also there. So I'm going to play the title track off that album. I could have picked, picked Greenville with Emmylou Harris. I could have picked Drunken Angel. There's another, I think the whole album is, is, is pure beauty um and then lyrically too i think kirk to your 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 criteria like it is a very lyrical album it features a number of different instruments so i'm sticking with that with what i went with um and so yeah let me share my screen cinda williams car wheel on a gravel road this is a live live version from her plane in austin which i thought was kind of cool she's from louisiana um but this is her plane austin i'm not i don't think it's austin city limits but i could be wrong no i don't think so um but yeah let's uh let's dive in when I get back, this room better be picked up Car wheels on a gravel road Car wheels on a gravel road Car wheels on a gravel Lucinda Williams, Car Wheel on a Gravel Road. Um, I didn't catch what year that was. Sorry that she playing live. But again, that album's, I think, 95, 98. I can confirm that somewhere. But yeah, I had to pick her. I, she's like a role model of mine. I think that album's great. The Ghost of Highways 50 came out a couple of years ago. was really popular. Um, and I think that one just sets the precedent. And again, like we talked about representation. It was International Women's Day the other day. We haven't talked about women at all in March, gentlemen, us boys. Uh, we have it zero in March. So I think also when I talked about Americana, I wanted to, to debunk the stereotype a little bit and talk about a goddess of uh, Americana. So, um, yeah, cool. Yeah, there, there's Good choice. My, my yeah, I, I, uh, I, had, uh, I had this very long list of songs as candidates, <laughs> you know. I had Can't Let Go. Of, of oh, yes. Down, That's a single off that one. Um, yeah. So, but I actually hate cartwheels. No, I'm just kidding. I don't I didn't even realize that was in electric. I don't think I've like I've seen the mandolin a million times. I just that was like a, that was funny. I've never seen an electric one. Justin was like, he's shredding. I'm like, he. I was like, there's only one way to play a mandolin, and you have to shred. Also, yeah. that was like the slowest mandolin shred I've ever seen. Yeah, well, it was, it was uh, very like it was very like whopping, just like right. yeah. Um, yeah, no, Fender makes electric mandolins that were supposed to look like Telecasters. Hence, it was please? it was black and yeah. had that. Um, 
that like tobacco pickguard. Yeah, so they wanted to look like guitars, which it makes sense now that I'm thinking like that's obviously a mandolin. Like the sound is obviously a mandolin, but I was like, I don't think I've ever really like it's, looked at it. It's a weird mandolin. looking one. It's like if you ever seen like the like Jeff, have you seen the or Jesse? You probably have. Jesse's not there at all. Um, the like Fender acoustic electric guitars that like look like guitars, oh, yeah. but they're acoustic. Those are yeah, weird. Yeah, looking. yeah, those are weird looking too. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But is that a new guitar? The the thing that their Fender has like a new thing that's like wood. That's a this one's yeah. actually like a, an electric quasi. Have you seen that thing? Yeah, oh, it's like a quasi. It looks like a Telecaster, but it's got the sound hole in the middle, and it's like yeah, thin. Kind of ugly. Kind of cool. Kind of ugly. It's uh. it's it's ugly, and it's one of those things where it like it does two things, but it does neither of them particularly well. Oh yeah, yeah. Just um, to find your lane. Pick a lane. Yeah. When it, Our it, wheels it, on a gravel road. <laughs> I don't listen I to can't. on the on the Rick Rubin pod too, right? That recently. What's um, that? I can't get into the well. Yeah. I can't get into listen to I've tried. Really? Yeah. It's I don't know what it is, but I just can't. I try. try it's closer to it's closer to Nashville country vibes than not in a way, right? She's you know what I mean? Like she's she's a it reminds country, me of childhood. Reminds yeah. me of childhood too much, you know. Like, and her voice fits into some of that '90s female country, uh, like Little Reba. I mean, she is that, of course, but yeah, she's like in there yeah. with the. And there's nothing wrong with it. Little Reba. Well, maybe, maybe. Reba is the, <laughs> yeah. Who was that that covered Reba instantly recently? It was like um, like an indie artist that covered. Oh, uh, Orville Peck covers Fancy. <laughs> Do you guys, uh, Kirk and Justin? This might be a question for you. Uh, do you guys ever listen to Kathy Matei growing up? Mm-mm. 18 Wheels and a own, Dozen Roses? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. only know about her recently from, uh, maybe, oh. I've heard, maybe I've heard that song before, but she's she was running around with Towns and Guy and all those guys writing songs and uh, co-writing yeah. songs with Towns Van Zandt. Try, try, trying to get herself some cred. She's, uh, yeah, she was like, she was what, exactly what you're talking about uh, in your preamble about like commercial Nashville. Mm. Like yeah. that to a T. Apparently, yeah. Towns was in love with her for a bit. I mean, I think he was in love with everybody for a bit, but I think he had a big crush on her. <laughs> lover, not a well, he was a lover. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he was mostly a lover, actually. Dude's, dude's just a hippie who right. did a bunch of yeah, drugs. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of drinking. <clears throat> yeah. Sweet. All right. You want to talk? Cool. So um, there we go. The fellas have shared their songs. They served up their songs, Kirk and Katie's Corner. Um, why don't we dive into some songs that you feel like represent the genre and then we'll send you to in a, into a dirty corner of the lounge to, uh, to discuss at, at the, a bank at a banquet table in the corner. The, yeah. Right. With the shag Beautiful carpet shots. beneath your feet. Um, yeah. So Is Katie playing a song? I think we, I think we all should, you both should. Yeah. Yeah. You, I have, you I have at least, can I at least play two and maybe three? Definitely. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Absolutely. There's no. Katie, you should go. No, Are you going to play a song I'm now? Or not? A song. Um, I'll you you introduce it, Katie, okay. and I'll so I'll be I'm pulling just, it up. I'm going to do one. I'm just going to play one song, and then I'm going to talk about something else. I don't want to take up too 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 much time. Um, so Shit. we're going to play. Um, I'm going to play. Uh, Brandy Carlisle, hold out your hand. Is the song that I want to play. Um, the reason I chose this song, Brandy Carlisle is a uh, singer-songwriter that's been on the scene for ages. Uh, she won a ton of Grammys in 2018, and folks were like, oh my god, who's she? She must be like this fancy upcomer. 
like new artists and people were like, oh, she's been doing this for a very long time. She's worked really hard for that. You know, yeah. the very normal thing that whenever a woman wins a lot of awards because she's never been heard of, people think like, oh, she came out of nowhere. She's an overnight success. And it's like, no, she's worked really, really hard to be here actually, overly hard. She's also a lesbian and, you know, uh, married, has two kids. Um, and so it's, you know, it, it's been a, a long time coming for her. She's also um, has done a ton of work. Speaking of like, like, you know, now that she's quote unquote made it, she's also worked a lot with other people and, and done a lot of work in the industry besides just writing her own music and working, you know, on her own albums. Um, she just produced Tanya Tucker's newest album. She is also working with Leslie Allen Jordan um, on an album of hymns, uh, you know, a, a, a gay man that's like a very pop culture, like social media phenomenon right now. Um, in the time of COVID, he's became very popular. If you guys don't know who that is, he's sort of a, an actor comic. I don't know that much about him, so I shouldn't talk too much about, you know, I can't really give much of his background, but not somebody that you would think like, oh, I bet he's a musician. Uh, and, and she's helped produce some some work that's coming out soon with him. Um, and most notably for me, um, she worked with um, Amanda Shires, who is also a Lubbock native. Shout out to Lubbock, Texas, where Kirk and I are both from. Um, Amanda Shires is married to Jason Isbell. She used to be a member of a band called uh, the Thrift Store Cowboys, who I've probably seen play a hundred times in my life. Um, yeah. Definitely. I mean, Jeff, I've literally given Jeff albums of Thrift Store Cowboys because I was still very much listening to them whenever Jeff was and was like, you know, listen to these guys. This is like what I grew up on, you know, what I kind of in, in my own like independent music listening. Um, anyway, so she, Amanda Shires, you know, left Texas, moved to Nashville, married Jason Isbell, formerly of the Drive-By Truckers, um, you know, partners with Brandy Carlisle on a, on a, a super group, a female super group called the High Women, which is a Oh, yeah. Riff. That just came out. Yeah. A couple years uh, ago. Right? A couple years ago, and which is a riff on the male super group, the High Women, which Kirk referenced everybody except for Chris Christopherson in the early preamble about like, what is Americana? Yeah, Chris was, Christopherson. Chris Christopher. I've got his record. I played him this morning trying yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. He's in there. Uh, uh, Chris Christopherson, uh, Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, Wait, and Helen Jennings uh, were the high women. Uh, Willie Nelson, that's someone we didn't talk about tonight. I'd be interested to like where that I fits. thought he would come yeah. up. Yeah. 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 Or, um, it's kind of like a weird one. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, so those guys, so, so basically Amanda Shires, Brandy Carlisle, um, Marin Morris and um, Natalie Hemby, I think I, I might be missing her name, making saying her name incorrectly. Natalie Hemby, I think, uh, have a female supergroup called the High Women, which is excellent. Love them, love their yeah. album. Anyway, the song that we're playing tonight from me, Brandy Carlisle, hold out your hand. Let's do it. 2018, yes. around 
trumpet sounds and his number called. Yes, Brandy Carlisle. What was the name of the track again, Katie? Hold out your hand. Sorry, you're on mute. Is that what it was? Yep. Yeah, Brandy. hold out your hand by Brandy Carlisle. Yes. Um, super fun one, and I think you know, in general, I lean toward the like, like hyper emotional. Yeah like super intense stuff and so so this one was a, a fun choice i think yeah. a little bit more upbeat it's got um, a heavy build too i love like a good build yeah, with the epic yeah, exactly. ending yeah the bass tone on that was yeah you were saying that awesome yeah. the yeah. uh yeah there was like definitely some distortion yeah it was that was really cool yeah that's awesome yeah that and, I, good. and you said she is part of the highway the high high women high women yeah 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 awesome yeah because I, I was i listened to that when that came out that's awesome yeah cool who are the other members of that group uh, Amanda Shires, Marin Morris, and Natalie Hemby. Awesome. Yeah, and that just came out of Actually, year, I will say that like they are also like anybody can be a member of the High Women. So if you declare yourself a member of the High mm-hmm. Women and you support the things that they support, you are also. Okay, I'm in it. Uh, they, Yola, um, uh, a black artist that um, has an excellent album. So good. Um, I She was one of my other top contenders to put on yeah. your the fleens in the like blues um kind of soul kind of zone so i wanted i was trying to stick yeah. with what i felt is really americana um, which is interesting and, yeah because i feel like we that's we keep coming back to this idea like it's what you feel honor. like mm-hmm. yeah because it's valerie so, june's yeah. another valerie june's another uh black oh woman who's, i love uh, valerie oh, yeah. june I t- rob I knows badass, valerie june uh, well, banjo yeah. player oh yeah valerie gonna, june uh yeah. renan giddens like oh valerie so june many, is yeah. great i should have brought that on yeah that would have been good um yeah awesome hey, no yeah. regrets all good picks so am i playing music and then we're gonna hash <laughs> yep. it out yeah, yeah. yeah sorry yeah cool yeah kirk all right go ahead so kirk why don't you uh tell us what resonates with you most with americana all right. This is hard. I, like I said, I genuinely have, I wrote, this has been the past week or so. I've just been listening to music and writing down songs. I have 35 songs <laughs> that I eventually whittled down. I know how many windows. Can I you have do me nine, a favor nine, actually? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Can you take a picture of the list? I'll screen grab I would it. love yeah. to put it on the, I'll put it on the gram. That would be so cool. I don't I know like if you can read it, but it's um, I've marked yeah, out. I, think, I, like know, it. A lot of yeah. I like I think it. The more scribbled out it is, the better it will be for the post. I want to see post. like, yeah. Yeah, your By the way, process. do you want to just like, can we fire Jeff and Kirk? Do you want to just host? We'll just yeah, yeah. <laughs> go for it. No I'll offense. Or oh, fire me. Like, I'll just quit. You None can have What's the salary for this again? Uh, you, lose, you lose money, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to upgrade my Zoom for these fools. I gave a record away. I think the only person that doesn't cost money is me because I get beer for free from work. Other than that, everybody yeah. else in the whole like hundreds so of dollars. But anyways, Kirk, yeah, tell <laughs> nice. us what you got. All right. I still really haven't decided, but I'm just going to have to do it, obviously. I've got, I've got two that I want to play, but the first one I'm going to play, I was Towns Van Zandt's Poncho and Lefty, I'm not going to play, but I do feel like that uh, meets not only all the criteria, but also is covered by Emmylou Harris, yeah. covered by Merle, uh, Merle Haggard and Willie Nelson, famously a uh, title, title song for one of their albums. Um, obviously, you know, Towns is just recognized as one of the all-time greats now, and that's a, that's a hell of a song. So I could have played that. Reinforcing my point. Can I ask something though, Kirk, real quick? Because this is something I struggle yeah. with and I'd love to hear your opinion. And I was like, I would put some of these guys we're talking about in like the outlaw country genre, not yeah. Americana, right? And I, and well, I may, maybe I mean, good... you've done way more research, but I feel like when I think of Towns, Guy, Steve, like those 75 guys in the 70s, yeah. Jerry, Jeff, to me, I'd call yeah. that outlaw country. Right. Yeah. So my only my response to that is just that Guy Clark himself said he was he didn't want to be identified with that group. And okay. that's the and I again know this because I was reading this biography. Yeah. Um, 
like Willie and Waylon are very clearly that, and they're, they leave Nashville deliberately to set out to do this thing that they, that Nashville won't let them do, right. Is to play country music outside of the Nashville scene. They put the highwaymen together. So Johnny Cash is obviously a part of it as well. And um, Chris Christopherson to some extent. So on the one hand, those guys are all doing stuff together too. And Willie does record some music with um, Towns at some point later on in, in Towns' life. And obviously they're all friends, like Guy and Waylon Jennings rec- make records together. But that whenever Outlaw Country became a designation, um, Guy Clark would be interviewed about it a lot and lumped into that category mm-hmm. a lot. And he would, he would resist it. He was like, I don't mm-hmm. think of myself as an outlaw. I think of myself as a kind of a poetic folk and country writer. Um, cool. Because I and he's like, even though I'm not doing the normal thing that Nashville's doing, I don't. He didn't want to want the persona that um, like Waylon had as being kind of a an yeah. ass kicking kind of country star. But that's that doesn't mean that that we shouldn't lump him in that category either. Towns, I don't know, man. I think Towns is I think Towns is about ninety percent of yeah. a blues a yeah. blues rec- yeah, recording yeah. artist, and then about ten percent of a blues country. But anyway, I'm not denying any of that. I, I think those are valid points. It's a good question. But um, because this whole Americana thing revolved around Guy as a genre that became invented, however right. dubious that is, as grounds for deciding what counts in that genre, I think Guy Clark um, has to be central. So I am going to play a Guy Clark song, and I'm going to play it at the expense of a John Prine song, which hurts my heart because I think John Prine is fits mm-hmm. right in this category as well. He's a incredible songwriter. Uh, he writes uh, country bluegrass blues music, um, hybrid genre stuff, especially bluegrass infuses his country music. He's a storyteller in a really profound way. But um, I'm going to play a guy song. And I was going to play LA Freeway because that's his most well-known one, but you already mentioned it. And since it is his most well-known one, I'm going to play Texas Cookin', mm. um, which is on his first record, which is called Old number one slash Texas cooking, which you can find. Yeah, uh, this. What are the two big ones for him that come out right around then? It's it's this one and there's one other one, right around the same time, uh, like seventy the, something the earlier records. Yeah, old number one on Texas cooking is the first one. Uh, I can't I remember can the picture name of the cover. Record. Dublin Blues is another contender for a song I was gonna play, but um, uh, okay, I'm just gonna go ahead and play this and stop talking about it. And I had to represent Texas on some level as well. The other thing I was going to say, this isn't a live recording, but I do think, and this was mentioned before, is that I think live, and y'all talked about this in the in the punk rock episode too, I think live recordings are really important for yeah. Americana, and not just because they they really want to play live, live music, but a lot of the early records are overproduced. Towns' oh, yeah. early records, some of them were just shit. There's flutes in there and stuff, and it's like, yeah. what are you doing, man? Just let him, I just want to hear the guitar. Same yeah. with John Prine. Um, anyway, this one is a pretty good uh, recorded recording. So did you get that do they, do they talk at all about why that was, right? Because I feel like these guys, when they're writing the songs, they're writing <laughs> it on their acoustic. And then for some reason, they yeah. go into the studio and they're like, let's add all the, is it, is it the producer? Well, I can, I, I can only speak. Yeah, I can only speak yeah. for Guy and it's totally a production thing and it's a record yeah. company thing. And he didn't like any of it. Like, and yeah. he would just much rather just be playing live shows than even being in the studio for, for the, in, as that particular case. Yeah. But um, Towns, I think, just didn't give a shit, you know? He was just like, wanted whatever. to play music as well. And so he would just do whatever they said. They said, yeah, because his but... version. Or high. He was just high. Or he was just high. <laughs> or he was, <laughs> like, yeah, they, I remember the first time I heard Waiting Around to Die on his album it's all like it's a it's great on the album but it's still really produced and then you watch it like in heartworn highways and he's playing it just on his acoustic and the emotional yeah. connection to it is so much yeah more dramatic live at the houston quarter is so much better than any of his recorded music like the guitar is better yeah, everything about it so you just have to listen to towns and john prine i think live but um anyway sorry <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, Kirk, I think just real quick, I think it goes back to your point where like this the over commercialization of Nashville is like when these are the these were the people with the money and they were like, Oh cool, I want to put out records. So like that's where they have to go and then they have to listen to like the producer says, Oh, we have like two weeks of studio time where Towns Van Zandt probably could have banged them out in like 18 right. hours. Right. So like, oh, we sure. got to have the flute. We got to have this because this is what the perception of like what these songs need to be. You just yeah. And here like, are your band members, which they, these guys resisted a lot eventually. Yeah. Too. I mean, at it's least like, I did, you know, it's like, we don't want, I don't know this guy. I don't want him playing bass on my record. You know? Yeah. It's like a lot of like hat yeah. on a hat stuff where like, we're just going to throw stuff on there because we have the time and we have the capability to not yeah. recognize it. Like, does it, this is, do we need any of this stuff at all no to make the song one thing once one thing that's interesting is just one last sidebar i was watching i've watched so much austin city limits footage from the 80s by the way my dad got me hooked on this stuff years ago but there's if you want to watch some good stuff there's so many full live shows from the 80s and almost all of that stuff's americana because that's sure, what acl yeah. was doing back then uh, on pbs they're all there but they're also on youtube but um there's a and probably some of you've seen the the one that they do for Towns Van Zandt after he dies. It's Amy Lou Harris and Steve Rowe and Guy Clark and all these guys up there. But Cowboy Jack Clement plays a song and he actually admits, he's like, this is when I produced on Towns' first record. And I admit that it's, it was overproduced. You know, he cops to <laughs> yeah, it. So yeah, they, yeah. they were aware of it later. Yeah, they knew it. But, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do it. So Guy Clark, Texas, Texas cooking. Make a beer taste fine. Oh, my boy, ain't that Texas cooking something? Oh, my mom, stop your bed. Yes, sir. Texas cooking, Guy Clark. Love it, love it. Yeah, yeah it was, OG. It was, it's a good yeah. song. Hard to deny. Great um, song. That's a song that always makes there. my shoulders shrug. Like that, like beat yeah. the way that. <laughs> right, like you can't help but just like moving a little bit with that. It's um, a good one, man. Yeah, no, he's um, great. All right, so the next one I've got, I'll try to run through these quickly. I've got to play three though, because the last one's about representation. This one is not, but I, we haven't talked about him at all. Somewhat surprisingly, although he's one of these guys, kind of like the boss, who really operates in his own universe, um, and that's uh, Neil Young. I almost and um, yeah, I think obviously he's a folk rock star. I mean, it's you know how do you categorize Neil Young again? But in my uh, I, our buddy Russ, shout out to Russ that as was saying the absolute kind of, best. Yeah, in, yeah, he's the best, right? Anything that Neil Young does acoustic is is Americana, and it's basically true. Um, but I got a little uh, weirder than that, and I, I've got I just bought a record called Old Ways, which is a record you put out in the mid '80s. I don't know if y'all know that record, but yeah. um, it's a, basically a country rock record. And uh, Waylon Jennings is on all of the tracks. He's either playing uh, electric guitar, he's doing backup vocals, um, so that's pretty good credentials for Americana, I think. But also the whole theme of the record is is uh, is um, pretty straight up, obviously Americana. So I again in my Austin City Limits deep dive, uh, they just uh, there's a complete uh, ACL of Neil Young in 1984. So they would have, I guess, he would have written all these songs and then they put it. I think the record came out in '85, but it could have been '83. But anyway, this is a song from that. I'm going to send you the link. Also, plug um, uh, Neil Young <clears throat> just put out uh, "Way Down in the Rust Bucket." It's a live album that he recorded yeah. in 1990. I think it just came out a couple of weeks ago. It's got some really cool tracks yeah. on it from the stuff in the 90s, mm-hmm. like Country Home and all that. It is awesome. Yeah. I was listening to it literally today. 
Um, and he's putting out another album, Young Shakespeare, that's coming out uh, in March. Um, that has, I think, more acoustic just, they stuff. They put out so much live. old stuff now. Yeah, but so uh, yeah, cool. that live the way the way know. down on the rust is getting a lot of buzz about. And it's great, um, just like how how it captures young in 1990. It's really good. When's yeah. this, what's the because uh, they're supposed to have the what is it like volume two of whatever that's been this crazy backup of being released because of all this crazy stuff going on with there's something that the neil young like it's like neil young archives they did volume one and the volume two was supposed to come out and then it's supposed to come out in the fall like in the spring and then is this the thing where he sold his I music rights right. i don't know he did do that recently that was too. he sold a bunch of stuff for that was, no, neil did too for uh okay. For like a quarter million dollars, similar okay. kind of thing. No, uh, this is different. Oh well, um, I'm gonna share. But anyway, this song is uh, this song is I think it's called "Back to the Country." Is that what the song's called? Where, but the recording is um, man, they've got two banjo players out there, fiddle player. Oh, um, I love Neil Young. I grew up on Neil Young. So I thought this song was he's in an absurd outfit, of course, wearing a Harley Davidson cowboy hat and perfect weird vest. But, he looks uh, like Indiana Jones. The Godfather of Neil Young. Yeah. yeah, the Godfather of grunge. grunge as well. That's right. Shout right. out to Neil Young and his Pono uh, high definition oh, no. MP3 player. Pono, would you like <laughs> to support <laughs> us? Well, well done, Neil. Well done. Big ups to you. New subscription service. Neil Young, I mean a god, is just a legend. I'm I'm obsessed. The hell of a show, right? That Kitty, whole that whole concert's like that. Yeah, I gotta watch. I never seen that. I gotta watch that. I never seen that. Yeah, and I'm I'm a Neil 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 fanatic. I hadn't yeah. until recently. I think they just put that one up in the last year or something. Oh really? See okay. has all these archives. Yeah. Did you ever really see amazing. Neil Young? So good. Did you ever watch Neil Young's like movie? He just put out a movie when they put out the album like Colorado. You got to watch it. It's so bad. It's terrible. I love you, Neil. <laughs> Neil, if you're listening out there, brother, it's terrible. He tries to be like super artsy, avant-garde type stuff. It's so bad. I mean, uh, yeah. it's like Neil actually a lot of swings. Yeah, it's terrible. But watch it. It takes a lot of swings. You're going to make, you know, even a baseball player hits three out of ten. But I love Neil. Yeah. I love you, Neil. But yeah, good stuff. Cool. All right. What's what's the yeah, last one? Awesome. What you got? All right. Last one. Sorry for dragging this out, but uh 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 rob just mentioned rhiannon giddens and um she's a a female woman you know woman of color um just multi-instrumentalist badass really uh who does all sorts of um cool stuff she has some new stuff out with francesco teresi i guess that maybe they're partners too but um all kinds of he's like a a savant of playing all sorts of world instruments. So there's a new newish record that they play a bunch of bunch of different instruments and, and tie in old traditional songs to those, which is worth checking out. But this is a an older song, but we haven't done any really real gospel stuff yet either. No. Um, traditional songs, and so um, this is her doing uh, <clears throat> doing up above my head, which I thought you'd also appreciate because uh, was made famous in part at least by um, Sister uh, Rosetta Tharp, who showed up on the pod a couple weeks ago so she recorded that song in the 40s and um i had only gotten into rihanna giddens recently after watching uh the ken burns documentary she's probably the only person of color in the whole 10 episodes i think but um 
he's she shows up there and so i've been listening to more of her stuff but this is a this is a hell of a song yeah above my head what what year did that come out kirk Sorry. i think that's like 2017 or oh, it's not too no, long ago. Just okay. last, yeah i yeah. think that's right maybe a couple years before but not not much longer before yeah. that but yeah if that didn't get you out of bed in the morning i don't know oh man what's yeah. wrong with you we need to do a gospel <laughs> we need to do a gospel i've been waiting for my turn to come back up again but like that that vibe right there is it it, it gets me no that's good stuff it's infectious yeah. it's definitely yeah no it's powerful too and the, yeah awesome cool well there we go thanks kirk those are those are awesome yeah um those yeah, are awesome thanks that was fun man i had to it was hard to cut some out you know yeah what were some of the justin other ones Tanzero. yeah i know you're gonna send so us got, send us some i got some valerie else? june some justin tanzero lots of towns van zant some steve earl gillian welch's i'll fly away with allison krauss like that's the yeah. most americana thing you know ever recorded probably right well john prime um uh was left out and then uh but yeah it was mostly in the more closer in the country vein with some of the yeah no, other, other stuff we too. didn't talk about and you haven't mentioned and i'm curious and i thought it might come up either in, in your opener or, or we would talk about them but like maybe they're more all country though and i think that's where i struggle with americana like uncle tupelo or um wilco um i also yeah. thought this would come up a lot more yeah i thought so too. yeah no but uh think, that's a separate i think that's a separate pod maybe that's all yeah i think it's I valid so. though yeah. I think I, I was right. tending to just try to go a little bit mm. older. Um, yeah. And then a lot of that stuff that happens in the late 90s and on, the alt country stuff, it's clearly related. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jeff, even Jeff Tweedy's newest record, The Solo Thing, which I think is really good. I love, is, I love is, all is of an them, Americana yeah. record. He writes, he's, he himself calls himself a country songwriter, right? In yeah. that pod with uh, Gladwell. Um, so, yeah, all that stuff there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I was just trying to yeah, kind no, of dig totally. more into the, yeah. the roots of it. But uh, Wilco no, would have been valid. I mean, the Monsters of Folk track is a perfectly valid one to play. Yeah. The early Wilco would have been good. I almost uh, did, which I brought up before, I almost did Magnolia Electric Company, Songs Ohio, Jason Molina. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, about it. that's probably <laughs> that's my great shit. favorite album of all time, arguably, really. That, mu- yeah, that I know. Songs Ohio album. But um, Maybe that's like too rock and roll I know. or something. But, yeah. Uh, like that's, indie uh, rock, yeah. Rock yeah. And roll. The yeah. indie thing gets tricky when it kind of blends over into modern exactly. indie. It's, it yeah. becomes a bit of a different thing. It feels like anyway. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, cool. he's hard to beat too. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah. what what now, Katie? Are we? Uh, what now? What? Yeah, you guys have to just it's room. March Madness, yeah. baby. You got to serve. Who who won? Who won the game? Who won the game? Uh, Kirk, do you want to take this conversation to WhatsApp? Do you want me to call you? I could just yeah. call you on the phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just put us on mute so we can see you guys talking. Oh, like, I no, want to see. I don't see... even know if I can handle it. I have Wait, to go just... in the other room. I have to go in the other room yeah, because J Mac doesn't want to yeah. hear it. I want to see. I want to see. Oh, like, read no. your lips. Get out of the lounge. Ooh. <laughs> so, oh, man. They're out, they're we... out back, like, smoking cigarettes Jeff. behind the lounge. Oh, like, man. I wish we had, like, a separate computer set up. So, like, when this comes out, you could J-Mac, hear I'm them kibitzing and then us talking about them. Oh, no. 
Wait, Kirk, Kirk, can you put your phone and just record what you and Katie talk about and then give it to Jeff later? Yeah, that'd be great. So we can like splice uh, it in because we're going to like talk about all of our stuff. Well, you got to, yeah, and you got to come back with some big hits and tell us what you guys talked about. <laughs> you have to record this on your phone. Seriously. Oh, would you, Kirk's just going to sit here in front of the camera and make, oh, watch I want his, him, him on the phone? Oh, I love it. I make Katie go. I say, Katie, get, you can't be in this room. You got to go. Oh, while this is happening, you guys want to talk a little bit about, I don't know, Kirk might be able to hear us, but I don't want to distract him. But um, for the last this was way on. too fast. Yeah. yeah, dude, that was way faster than I thought it was. I know, this is one of those, like, the jury, like, is this good for the jury? Am I, you know? Um, oh, no. Katie and I, Katie and I basically agreed, agreed on, on every, every single thing. Oh, hold, so, on oh, yeah. hold on one second. Hold on one second. All right, so let's let's do this. So, so listeners. I'm nervous. So, listeners, we're back. Um, the uh, our, our esteemed guests were in, delibera- in deliberation. Um, and for hours. Back. For hours, what seemed hours. like hours, the boys were we agreed sweating. on all points. <laughs> and there's a great so now nighttime in Australia, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Kirk can drink, keep drinking. Um, it's right. now whiskey morning. now, man. <laughs> it's morning in America and nighttime it's, in Australia, exactly. Um, well, Kirk and Katie, why don't you then uh, just why don't you debrief for us? Uh, talk about all the songs if you want, and then ultimately where you landed and why you landed that way. Yeah, I can go first, and then Katie can uh, can 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 wrap us up. Um, so maybe I'll just say what we picked first, uh, and it, it's really going to seem obviously bias is going to break Rob's heart uh, because Katie's married to Justin, and and I was married to Justin for a couple of years in grad school. Um, but the Steve Earle track is uh, oh, is our choice. Boom. Hey, um, hey Kirk, hey Kirk, it, it, it's called. Uh, you got to bury the lead a little bit here, man. You just. <laughs> I wanted to start there, but then I'm going to go back and explain. Um, uh, yeah, break that. I didn't want you to sweat it out anymore, Rob, man. I wanted you to, <laughs> oh, no. You know, I was fine. I'm talking about our and... listeners. Like, you were just like, okay, we've been waiting for this thing. It's been going for hours. And by the way, Justin fucking won. And everybody can stop listening now. Skip to the Should I start over? Segment. And you can can go back no, 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 no. Not, for no, all of our can... listeners, scroll ahead like 75 to 40 minutes, and we'll be in the new music segment. Justin won. Honestly, uh, I didn't build it up. Remember, it was Justin that played that one. I was just focusing on the artist. Oh no, it's, yeah. it's fine. It was a good track. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I was just I love empathetic, you. so I'm feeling. I'm feeling y'all's feelings here. But no, to be clear, Katie and I, while we did agree on all the points, it wasn't. It wasn't because it was super obvious that that was the choice. We just happened to both agree that that was our choice in a hard decision. And so, all those choices really are excellent choices. The Monsters of Folk track is a very good representation of modern Americana. It's. I mean, that's goes without yeah. saying. Jim James and Connor. I never listened to M. Ward much um, solo stuff, but uh, both of those other dudes are very clearly in the in the uh, in the game, as Jeff articulated very clearly as well. Um, <clears throat> uh, Lucinda Williams is kind of the queen of of Americana music, so that's a, a hell of a choice too. I think part of that one came down to the fact that Katie and I don't love Lucinda Williams, even though I I, I like her, but um, and, you know, there is some subjectivity, I think, that comes into these things when you're picking a final track. Like, I don't sure. listen to her a ton. Um, and then, of course, The Boss, which I said last night, I pulled that record out and listened to it. And I was like, Atlantic City is like, got to be in the top 10, you know, for sure, of all the tracks that I've written down. Uh, and so that was a really tough one. I think um, for my personal, for personal reasons, and partly this is because I was reading that, that book, uh, the Guy Clark circle is so clearly tied to um, this sort of Nashville adjacent scene. Bruce Springsteen, while he's 
undeniably Americana in so many ways. I do think that if the if the genre is going to mean anything at all, it does have to be kind of uh, related to Nash the Nashville scene and in reaction to it in a way. Whereas I think Bruce Springsteen's just in a different on a different planet. Um, uh, and you know, obviously that's a debatable point, but for my own criteria to try to keep it at least like somewhere in a, the realm of definability, yeah. I thought that we had that I that I had to kind of go there. And, and Steve Earle is just not only in the tradition of being kind of an acolyte of Guy Clark and Towns Van Zandt, whom I think are the kind of gods, the, the, the Mount Rushmore of this right. genre. He also does inaugurate this entire other tradition of the stuff that we didn't talk about, which is all country music, hard driving, um, not hits Nashville country music. Uh, and there's a million different things that he spawns uh, are not a million different things, but a million different bands that he spawns in that tradition. And I was even just listening this morning to uh, Ben Nichols, the Lucero guy, just because I never gave him a real chance. I never really liked him. And I still don't really like him because his voice is so fucking intense. And I um, really it sounds like, like his voice. yeah, and Katie oh, really likes him. <laughs> and Steve Earl, Steve Earl has this so hard. <laughs> They're so bad. Oh, did they say I don't even know about that. But Steve Earl has this gravelly voice in this kind of hard driving country stuff. But I feel like it's almost parodied by bands like Lucero and Ben mm. Nichols. Ben Nichols is like if you took Steve Earl and fed him nothing but like like uh, like 40 grade sandpaper and gasoline <laughs> for 10 years and then had him start singing country music again. It's just man, it's it's intense. But um, yeah. anyway, those are the reasons that that I can't kind of was uh, leaning towards Steve Rowe. Although again, all excellent choices dudes. Yeah. And um, I really enjoyed this. So Katie, what do you, what do you got to add to that? I wanted to love listening to Williams for so many years and I've listened to a lot of her stuff and um, she's, and, and, and it's kind of sad because, you know, like a lot of people, she's not my girl. You know, I love, like I said, I listen to, female folk americana like that's my zone so lucinda williams has always like for years and years decades at this point where i'm like for two decades i've been like i should be really listening to her and she's just not my girl for some reason um which is part of the heartbreak of lucinda williams um and so that's that's kind of you know what happened there is i really like her but i don't love her and then um uh same with i i really actually i never really listened to monsters of folk that much i was aware of them um i i am now you know weirdly jesse you're you know you're probably gonna want to punch me now but like (laughs) um like that i'm probably gonna listen to that tomorrow um, hey, you would have slammed a beer for that one. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I would have slammed a beer for that one, but that wasn't the game we were playing. Yes. They're uh, like the traveling Wilburys of like we were talking about the super groups. Yeah. You know, like that's part of this thing. Like uh what happens mm-hmm. when you are not the tippy top of the Nashville scene, you get together with your buds and you make a super group. Mm-hmm. That is part of Americana. It is part of the folk teller, you know, the, the story, yeah, the storytelling. It is part of the folk singer's lifestyle. It is part of what happens whenever you're kind of pushed to the side and said like, mm, you're close, but you're just not. What we're looking for today is, you know, you get together with your buds who were also told that and said like, now what? Like we, we're an absolute like 
bombshell amazing act and there are so many examples of that that we we've talked about tonight oh, totally. and that we could you know keep adding and even historically like just really quickly katie sorry to interrupt but before i have a horrible memory and i'll regret it if i don't say it but uh in the again austin city limits used to have a songwriter series where they would put four to seven or eight people up on stage and they would go around and play individual songs in a circle and they'd oh, sometimes cool. play each other's songs but also these guys would go out on tour together like because Guy Clark wouldn't bring in enough people on his own necessarily, it would be Guy and Towns playing shows together and they would trade songs. Or Guy, Towns, Lila La Lovett, uh, Rodney Crowell, they would go on these tours together. The, the, the producers would put them out together. It wasn't obviously a super group, but they would play recurring gigs all together quite frequently. And I think that's another big part of that scene, which was these singer-songwriter guys trying to get an audience big yeah. enough to, to hear their live shows, which is pretty interesting. Awesome. Well, sweet. Well, there we go. I mean, March Madness, week three? No, week four. four. Week four. Oh, my goodness. The I'm final March week. Mad- the J-Mac final took, four. J-Mac takes the, takes the win. Uh, we're not sure. We might storm the lounge because we're not <laughs> sure if there was collusion or not. But uh, we'll let the voters. Zero collusion. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, sweet. Well, Kirk and Katie, awesome. This was great. Um, seriously, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Super, super cool. Much appreciated, man. I yeah, really no, enjoyed March, this the has whole been thing. Fun. The no, last month of my life, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. So Kirk, shout out to you, Katie. Shout out to Julian. Shout out to Tone. Shout out to Case um, for all of the guests that have come onto the show for March Madness. Um, that closes us out. J-Mac takes two. You took the Jazz Fusion. Uh, J-Mac takes Jazz Fusion and Americana. Jay Bone with the really hip-hop came from win. Behind. He came from and, behind. Uh, took the last two W's. I started out strong with, yeah. Ameri- with uh, Hardcore. Um, sweet. There we go. Awesome. Um, thanks all for listening to this March Madness uh, theme month. That's going to close us out. Well, there you have it, folks. Our final episode of March Madness at the Needle and Groove Lounge. And it looks like Justin took the win, a comeback win. He ended strong with the Jazz Fusion win last week and then wowed his wife and best friend, hmm, interesting, with Americana. Awesome job, Justin. Shout out to you. We hope you enjoyed our guest this month. We're hoping to keep that up. So if you're interested in coming on the show, please hit us up on Instagram. Let us know a theme or genre you want to talk about. We're also hoping to have some guests on the show to serve up some songs for the last call. So prep some of your new music and see if it gets a pound, sip, or no sip. Again, thanks for tuning in. Please follow us on Instagram at Needle Groove Lounge for more music and music-related content. Share the pod with some music lovers in your life. Give us a good review. Again, next week, we're back to our traditional format. We've got Women's History Month, powerful, inspiring women in our opening theme, followed by our genre style exploration. We're looking at the Broken Social Scene Collective and the side projects that stem off of that. So again, tune into that. Don't forget to check out The Last Call later this week. Thanks for tuning in.